Welcome back, friends, to the Picture Podcast. I'm your host, Jess, and today we have my beautiful Clubhouse Bessie, Coach Jules, on today as our special guest speaker. She's going to be sharing with us some uh, story time stuff from her experience and the things that she's gone through in her life and how she's taken it and turned it into something positive, whatever it was in a negative connotation and turn it into something positive, flip the script, rewrote it and turned it into her superpower. So I'm so excited to have you here, Julie. Go ahead and give us a introduction of who you are and what you do. Well, thanks, Jess. This is beyond <laughs> the most amazing opportunity for me to actually get to just see you and want to squeeze you from, you know, behind the camera. And it's like a reunion of sorts since we quite honestly have never met in person, but the instantaneous connection was amazing. And that's how we became besties on Clubhouse. If you don't know Clubhouse, message us because we'll get you on. Yes. So who is Jess? Jess is amazing, right? No, you're the so script. You. <laughs> oh, me. J JK, just kidding. So thanks so much. And this is an amazing opportunity. And my name is Coach Jules, but it's really Julie Loken. And I have a very long and diverse background. I quite honestly, right now, I am a master coach, meaning I want to get my master's actually in coaching. And I have a background in law as well. I have a coaching collective called Crown and Compass life coaching, which I have some amazing coaches on my team. And also I own a publishing company. And also I have a podcast called obsessed with humans on the verge of change. And I am obsessed with humans on the verge of change, the tipping point where you kick fear in the face and you take that leap of faith. So that was a long answer, Jess. Apologies. No, no apologies needed. I love it. There's, um, there are so many wonderful facets about you, my friend. There's like never a long enough introduction to tell about all of your awesomeness. <laughs> I'm a mom too. I'm quite honestly, I'm just like figuring out as I go along. I'm a mom of four boys and a dog named Violet, a wife. That's really who I am. Yeah. Yeah. You are a wonderful human being yourself. Oh, so. right back at ya. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. All right. So you are going to be sharing with us today some story, uh, some stories, a story that uh, you sent me in your notes about how you listen to whispers and uh, what it means when someone says that you're a good girl. So Miss Julie, my friend, are you a right. good girl? Tell us about this. Well, I guess I'm not a good girl anymore, but us as women, you know, go back to when we were little girls and how are we validated? We were validated by people saying, Jules, Jess, be a good girl. Go get your grandpa some, a beer, go help your grandma with this, go help this. We always were fighting to be accepted and validated by what we did, but what we do is not who we are. And I didn't learn this lesson until probably my thirties. And I followed the path that I thought I was supposed to follow, you know, just going through life, getting married at a very young age while well, young for now, um, like 23 going to law school because everybody in my family were attorneys. All the males may say were attorneys. I was only female attorney and that's what I wanted to do. Check that one off my box, but I felt a sense of loneliness, emptiness, a sense that I really didn't know who I was. 
or what I wanted. I mean, on paper, it looked great. You know, just kept churning out those little babies, if you will, uh, a career husband. And then one day it all fell apart kids in the picture at land. It all fell apart. So what do you do? What, what would you do? Jess? It's you figure out how to flip it. You figure out how to flip it. Yeah. Well, I flipped it and I flipped it like in a very negative way. I ended up being not only the first female attorney, I was the first one in the history, the history of my family, both mom and dad's side ever to get a divorce. And that I wore a cloak of shame in terms of navigating through that real shame. It took five years to really kind of bounce back from feeling so sh ashamed that I had tarnished the family name, which was not true at all. Um, crazy in my mind. I'm sorry. Isn't it crazy no. though, how something like divorce can, can make us feel that way. Mm -hmm. um, I've been through a divorce myself and I know what you're talking about. You there. did. You never told it, me this best friend. Oh yeah. Yeah. No, my, my children's dad, we were married and together for 16 years and oh. we got divorced and it was rough. Um, mm -hmm. it was very rough and I never hated him. I just, we just didn't, we weren't to be together anymore kind mm -hmm. of thing. But, but the point of the, I wanted to touch on that you brought up was that for whatever reason, it's like we put our happiness secondary to what the expectations of how mm -hmm. everybody else thought that, that, that it should go. And it just sucks. Just, Did everybody think you had the perfect marriage on the outside? Um, I don't, I don't know. I think, um, a lot of, okay. Yeah, probably. They probably did. Um, only those that were like super close knew the, the different issues that we were having that were going on. Um, so yeah, it did kind of come as a shock to a lot of people when I left cause I was the one that left. Me um, too. But, but yeah, it's amazing how the cloak of shame, as you said, mm -hmm. it's like, no, be happy that I'm putting myself first and my feelings first and my happiness first mm -hmm. or my safety first, mm -hmm. whatever it might be. I didn't mean to sidetrack you from your story. No, but this it's not a that. story. <laughs> and I, I don't like to necessarily talk about myself. It's engaging in this conversation. And, um, it was this cloak of shame that I wore. And I remember very poignantly as I was like at my worst and I've never felt like I would ever take my life, but I understand why people feel that they want to take their life. It was that low of a low, yeah. you know, I just didn't feel like my contribution on this earth mattered. Um, but when I was at that low point, that valley, my mom did say to me, she said, Julie, one day, I know you're going to make your mess, your message. And sure enough, she planted that seed and I, I had a vision for it, but I didn't know how it would manifest. Right. Uh, so, you know, anyone going through the divorce, it seems like it's the valley, the, the deepest and darkest spot you could ever be in. It's not, and things will get better. Everything always does get better but it's understanding at that point who you are and kind of reframing your, your identity and even going deeper, becoming a student of your life and going deeper and becoming self-aware. And so many of my clients that I do talk to, they have 
no sense of self-awareness. And thus, when you don't have self-awareness, you don't make choices in alignment with your, who you are at your core. So when I was 23, I got married to a really nice guy. Um, it was just to get married because I didn't know any better. It's just what I was supposed to do. So it's really a, an adventure in getting to know who you are and what your purpose is on that, on this earth. Right. Most definitely. So what's your purpose on this earth, Jess? To be the best human I can possibly be. Well, you're doing that. And <laughs> I know you're doing that. I, I, yeah, I, I, I thought you might ask me that question. Oh, I, I you prepare. knew. I'm flipping the script. <laughs> well, and then because you said that you like to ask questions back, I was like, okay, she's definitely going to ask that question mm -hmm. at some point. For my longest time, um, and I don't remember how or why the seed was planted, but I always had it in my head that I was going to be this amazing mother, this amazing wife, and that was going to be it. That was going to be everything that I did. And so when I, when I married my first husband, um, that always sounds weird to me. Like how many husbands do you have? <laughs> but when I married, <laughs> when I married my first husband and we had our kids and had our little family, I mean, things were not, I mean, I hear some of the stories from what other people have gone through and our stuff was nowhere near like any of that. But when you're in the middle of it, it still feels like the worst possible stuff that you could be going through. And, um, when we got to a certain point where we had grown apart and I was like, okay, I don't think that we... I don't think that we're meant to be together forever kind of thing. Like we've gone in two separate directions here and I'm not happy. And I want to show my kids what being in a normal, healthy adult relationship and what happiness in that kind of relationship looks like. And they're not going to see that from what we are doing here. And we've tried, we've gone to counseling, we've done stuff through the church we were both active in the church at that point and things are not working so like I'm done and making that decision and, and moving forward from that was a very big eye-opener because I realized that I had lost everything about myself and who I was as an individual in trying to be the mom and the wife and having that be everything so um, I don't know what my point is here but so that's where I transitioned from trying to be the best mom and wife into just being the best human possible, because then it doesn't matter what I'm doing or who I'm mm -hmm. interacting with. If I'm doing my best to be the best person that I can be compassionate and caring and, and listening and helping and doing where I can do, then, then I've succeeded. I've won a life in my book. So mm -hmm. long answer to your question. No, but it is an exercise in self-awareness because we do, we do attach ourselves to the identity of being a mom, a dad, a accountant, if you will, or a parent <laughs> dog mom. Right. And then we lose, we never go deep and to really truly understand who we are. And so many people are unconscious in living their lives. Yeah. And really when you're intentional in your everyday, in what you're doing, in becoming truly self-aware that's when the doors open if you will and you're like wait i'm supposed to be this person yeah it's like that label you're meant to be and you rip the band-aid off mm -hmm. right and did you ever have that feeling and i always did especially when i was a little girl like 
just, I knew I was meant for more. Like you just feel like this can't be right. I meant to be some, I mean, I knew I thought I was supposed to be like, um, you know, a pop singer or an actress, but, (laughs) but truly like you're meant for more. And often we just let that whisper subside and we ignore those whispers. We ignore those things that are nudging us in the right direction because we're just in a zone of comfort. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. I definitely did. A lot of mine were, um, which I think that might be somewhere of where my whole goal of being mom and wife came in. Um, my childhood was not an ideal childhood. Mm-hmm. Love my parents to death. And I know that they, as an adult, I can look back now and say, okay, they did the best with what they had, with what they could. They were people too. They had issues mm-hmm. and things going on too. Um, but there was a lot of things that happened where I was like, okay, yeah, this is not, this is not how normal childhood is supposed to be. Mm-hmm. This is, this is not how, like when I am old enough to move out, I'm moving out and things are going to be the way that they're supposed to be because this is not right. So, yeah, so you were I, trying I, to repair your childhood. I had a lot of those whispers. Mm-hmm. I think at first. Yeah. Yeah. But I think Re- I'm kind of past. Yeah, now you are. You're more self-evolved. <laughs> but you were repairing your childhood uh, through trying to manifest it through your own family, which you hadn't done the work or healed from. And yeah. let me say, I'm sure your parents did the best they could with what they have. I, most people do. Most people don't give birth and then just want to be a crappy parent. Right. You know? They right. Just, well, we hope, we hope most people don't. Most. <laughs> have a child so you can sadistically abuse them. No, most, most humans don't. They just don't know what they're doing. They don't have the tools. They have not been taught. The generational trauma is brought down from generation to generation And by you ending that, you know, and knowing that even you have an ex-husband that perhaps wasn't the right one for you, you're shifting that generational trajectory in a different, a different way for sure. Oh yeah. Yeah. But it, yeah, it definitely had whispers all of the time. Mm-hmm. I can't think of- Ignore it. We ignore them. Yeah. Well, yeah. I always just kind of assumed that it was God talking to me. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Same thing. Um, I use whispers as like universal. Prayers. Yeah. Answering my prayers and telling me that, yeah, no, okay. You're, you're hurting now, but this is not how it will always be. Mm-hmm. You will be okay. You will get through this. It'll be okay. And you mm-hmm. will make things better. Mm-hmm. So, Yeah. And I think the whispers do change as you get older. Yeah. Now, what are they whispering to you? Uh, I'm a crazy person. No, I'm teasing. I don't know. Probably to live out loud. I mean, you're living out loud. I mean, you're doing the podcast. You've got an amazing company, photographer. You're doing um, virtual photography. You're doing all these things. You're living out loud. And this is a true expression of your core values. Probably something that was muted since you were a little girl. Um, just as mine. And I dimmed my light because I didn't want, I think it's because I have memories of being people being like, Julie, you're so emotional. You're so, you're so much, right? Like I can be a lot, but so I learned to dim my light and just make other people feel comfortable in the room around me. But there comes a point where you just don't care when you hit your forties girl, you're just like, I just don't care anymore. Yeah. I always laugh and say having, having thyroid cancer and Mm -hmm. being at cancer free where I'm at today. It's like going through all of that. I know. Thank you. (laughs) Awesome. Um, I always tease and say, you know what? I have been through thyroid cancer. My give a fuck switch has been flipped. Like 
Holy cow. I, I love that. I don't care anymore. Like there's right? nothing that is scarier than facing down something that you have no control of that can take you out. Mm -hmm. And it's, yeah. Do I still have insecurities? Am mm -hmm. I still a little, you know, hesitant sometimes? Yes. But, but the reality of it is, is I'm like, okay, I'm, I'm going to try and do these things. Mm -hmm. But I, I, I love what you said about how people tell you to dim your light. Cause I know that you have mentioned this before. This was another thing where we connected on where people would always tell us if you talk too much, stop talking so much. Mm -hmm. I used to get in trouble at school all of the time for talking too much, talking too mm -hmm. much and pencil fighting with the boys. Do you remember pencil fighting? I have no idea what that is, but I can you only hold imagine your pencil like this. And the other person takes mm -hmm. their pencil like this to try to never <laughs> girl. These things you're revealing to me today are mind boggling, but I have to rewind a little bit because kicking cancer in the face. I mean, staring down the eye and I'm not saying that you were like on Beth's door, but the word cancer connotates like something very scary, yeah. even though medicine has really evolved, but just, and so many of my girlfriends and friends and people I don't even know have, I've heard the same story. Cancer has been a gift. And I'm like, what the hell do you mean by that? Yeah. yeah. And knowing that, I mean, knowing that you have that power to and the resilience and the grit and tenacity. And you did stare, stare cancer in the face. That's like, you're my hero, girl. Seriously. Aww, it's you. true. And I know you're going to pay that forward because it's a scary place to be. It is. It is. It's, um, see, and I didn't think much of it when I was going through it because I was just so focused on doing it. Mm-hmm. And now it's just like, what you part got? of your tapestry. Yeah. What you got? Like, just throw it at me. Cause I'm pretty sure I can get through it. <laughs> right. <laughs> Things don't scare you as much and you're owning yeah. your strength. Yeah. And well, it makes that's you what... evaluate your priorities mm -hmm. and the things that are important to you. And it definitely makes you stop and think about the what ifs. Well, what's on my list of things that I wish that I would have done at this point if I were going to die tomorrow? Mm -hmm. Excuse me. And so then you start trying to consciously, no, I don't want to have that big of a list when that time comes mm -hmm. and start doing stuff. Number one thing on your bucket list, Jess. On my bucket list? Mm -hmm. First thing that comes to your mind. I don't know. I don't have a bucket list going right now. I know, right? Oh my I gosh. So, I have I so much <laughs> I have so much stuff going on with watching the grandbabies and trying to do my business and trying to find the balance of those things to where I am successful with both things. Never happened. It's never gonna happen. My health stuff. That's the, the most time. important. That I'm like, at this point, I'm like, okay, let me just get through the next six months while we have both grandbabies here, and then I'll figure out where I'm going from mm -hmm. there. I guess, um, okay, number one on my bucket list, something that I have always wanted is to someday be able to buy enough property to have a family compound so that I can have my husband and I in one house and we can have like little, the little houses, you know, that they make like either the tiny houses yeah the tiny houses thank you where we could have like tiny house hookups throughout the property so that all of the kids 
and the grandkids can all live on our big plot of property. And in the very middle, we're going to have like, you know, the pool and the garden. The lake. A lake. The, oh, there you go. That would be awesome. And the barbecue pit and everything where we can all come together and have our family mm -hmm. time. And then everybody go across the fields to their own area, their own space. Time to go home, kids. The yep. bell's ringing. <laughs> No more. Nana's going to take a nap so that, in the that hammock. Would be, <laughs> that would be something that would be on my bucket list because I've always wanted to have that. So, but wow. past that, I really don't know. Like I, I'm not huge. I like to travel, but I'm not huge on traveling. You know, I, I would have to say that is one thing that I have not recovered from with my, my health journey is figuring out what my bucket list is because the anxiety and the fear and the overwhelm mm -hmm. throughout that whole process was so much that like, I didn't want to travel as like, I can't go, we mm -hmm. can't go out of state for a week vacation because I can't be away from the kids and my grandkids for that mm -hmm. long of time to be that far away. If an emergency happens, I need to be able to get back to them within six hours or so. Hmm. And a lot of that is- in I've my got head. thoughts on that. <laughs> well, I know, right? My husband does as well. He's like, can you please just get over this? I'm, like, I'm working on it. I'm trying, really, I am. Um, there was a, and you got me talking more than you, dang it, Julie. <laughs> I knew it. No. <laughs> At one point, he wanted I'm to go see the his script. parents, and they're only like a eight-hour drive away. And my fear and anxiety levels about it, which I know that those are, what is the word? Those are um, exaggerated because of my health stuff, like mm -hmm. the hormones being off and all of that. But I wouldn't even go with him on that trip until we had done our will. We had mm -hmm. set up who would be in charge of my youngest daughter mm -hmm. who didn't come back. Like all of the planning for all of that mm -hmm. stuff. It's gotten better though, but yeah. Mm -hmm. So that really messed up my bucket list. Well, I think we have homework for you. And to be quite honest, you know, it's really kind of being very intentional about the narrative you're telling yourself and understanding the reality we're living in our own virtual reality in a way and you we're the only ones that have the power and the th our thoughts are the only thing we can control notwithstanding honestly with your hormones or medications you're on because that you can't control that but it's okay. the priorities and i just got a little glimpse of her little grandson oh my god he's so cute <laughs> Sorry, I understand now why you can't leave them. <laughs> oh my God. So wow. adorbs. They're, they're a handful. But bucket list for you. Yeah, no bucket list. Next episode, we want to hear about your bucket list. <laughs> I'm holding you accountable. That's what I do. Okay. Everyone's going to be asking. I will work on what a bucket list will be for me. What is your bucket list? So well, let's get back to you. Let's get this. Let's get this episode back on track, girlfriend. So... You went from being a good girl that was doing what everybody expected of you. What, how did you flip that switch and what did you do? What was the first thing that you did that was out of character for you being a good girl besides the divorce part? Um, what happened after you got rid of that cloak of shame? Right. The cloak of shame, it became left um, the whole legal profession and did some work, 
did my work, had a couple more kids. It sounds like I have a lot of kids, but you're the Brady Bunch over there. Right. But truly it was understanding who I was. It was a process understanding, going through the process of self-awareness. I always knew I wanted to make a change in the world. I always knew I was meant for more. And I went back to get, I swore I would never go back to school, but I did one last time. And I swear right now I'm never going back to school, but I, I went and got a master's in life coaching and it was like the light bulb went off and I'm like, I'm just going to try this, see what happens. It was kind of a new thing. Not a lot of people heard of it. And I just started doing it and I couldn't stop. And it just has kind of escalated from there. And so many opportunities have opened up so many amazing people I've met. And I just can't stop because it's not about coaching. It's not about the money. It's really about leaving the stamp, my stamp on this earth after I leave it, leaving it a better place when, than what I found it. And for all you mamas out there, just quite honestly, making, you know, your kids don't listen to you, but they watch what you do. And I, I see that as evidence every day when they're quoting me or they're teasing me about my podcast, or, but they're listening and they're watching. Right. And I know that's going to be their strongest memory as well. And hopefully they'll pay it forward as well. Right. I love that. Do you still get whispers? I know you asked me if I, if I still hear the whispers now and some days I think I do. And then other days there's just so much chaos going on in my brain that I don't hear whispers of stuff. Do you still hear your whispers? You do. You do hear them. It's just that the white noise around it, you, you know, those gut guttural feelings, that instinct I do. And I often do in terms of like building relationships and where I should go and things I should try or to hold back, but I absolutely do hear those whispers and I try to follow them because I know it is a divine calling. So that seems like a lot, but it's true. No, I love that. I love that. I so be a good girl, but don't be a good girl. If you know what I'm saying, what don't y'all know what you're saying. Elaborate elaborate be a good girl <laughs> meaning don't harm others but don't be a good girl follow who, the path you're meant to be do the work become more self-aware understand take the time to listen take the time to be a student of your life and you know embrace your failures because failures are where we learn and also celebrate your triumphs and be open to new experiences because when we close off new experiences we really limit ourselves in our path. Right. Right. Very true. Very true. Well, if there was somebody that was listening that is used to being a good girl in the aspect of doing all of the things that they think are expected of them, but they have that feeling in the middle of them that's mm -hmm. like, yeah, this is not what I should be doing. Mm -hmm. What would be your one tip or piece of advice mm -hmm. for them? and how to figure out how they need to transition to be more in alignment with what it is they're really supposed to be doing. Get your pencil and ask yourself, write down the answer. How, how is this working for you? Because it's doing something for you by being this quote unquote girl, good girl. Is it protecting you? Is it because you're fearful? Is it because you don't have the confidence? Is it because you've never challenged yourself. And I guess a lot of it all comes down to fear. 
And a lot of our issues, you can trace it back to either being fearful or passionate, you know, mm -hmm. the choices we make. So ask yourself the path you're on, it's doing something for you. Otherwise you wouldn't be on that path. Yeah, very true. I love that. All right, my dear. I totally, we could totally keep going on and talking yeah, forever. But we could have a series of episodes. Of we totally could. <laughs> well, so, same time next week. Right? Let's do it. Let's Lady do boss. It. <laughs> I know that you have some stuff coming up um, that you, that I want you to share with our readers, our mm -hmm. readers, our listeners. Well, they may be reading it if there's yes. captions. Well, yeah. <laughs> I, I will be putting all this information into your episode details so that people will be able to find where to connect with you. Um, let me pull this up here. But you have some things that are coming up. You have a workshop in September and some courses coming out. So mm -hmm. I want you to tell our listeners about that so that if it sounds of something of interest to them that they can connect with you and, and join you on those things. Thanks, Jess. But you know, my the true essence of myself, I love to elevate the voices of others, whether it, you know, whatever stage they are in life, but I do love working with entrepreneurs and creatives. I do have a writing workshop. I with I'm leading it with my partner, editor-in-chief of Media Queens Publishing House. It's September 18th. And it's really you get all the insider information on how to get your book published. And then I have a couple of courses that we'll be launching shortly on launching your own very own podcast, if you will. And also if you are launching an online business or coaching business, just all the insider tips and how to do it and do it the smart way, the hustle smart way. And that's the name of my book series, Hustle Smart, the ultimate guide for new entrepreneurs. So reach out. I'm always happy to, you know, just connect and nudge people in the right direction. She's very good at nudging. Nudging. Jules is the one that was like, Jess, you need to do a podcast. And look, here we are today. You guys have heard me talk about her on several of my other episodes. This is her. Picture this it. Julie. I'm like, picture it. It just comes. Those are the whispers I get too. I'm like, she's got to do a podcast called Picture It. <laughs> I love it. And then so you, um, so you sent me, you have your julilogancoaching.com. So that's mm -hmm. your coaching website, right? They're both my coaching. Yeah. Okay. And then crown and compass life coaching.com right. and then your Instagram handle. So yes, people connect reach out on Instagram and share, on, share the love guys, share the love. Right. And on those two websites, what is the difference between them? So if people it's confusing, isn't it? Well, I'm just thinking like, if they want to talk with you about one particular thing, is there, mm -hmm. should they go to one or the other of the websites to connect with you? So Crown and Crump Compass is my, the umbrella company that is the umbrella company for Media Queens, which is the publishing house and my team of coaching, but either, or you can find me, I'll, I'll answer you. Okay, perfect. All right, my dear. I love you to pieces. Thank you. Mm, I love you. Today. I mean, yeah. I want to come over and like have a cup of coffee with you or glass of wine, like drive right. on over. Yeah, we're totally going to do something okay. at some point. We got to do my bucket list, fun. Utah. <laughs> All right, listeners, thank you for joining us again. We will see you next time. Hey, friends, are we having fun yet? If you like what you're hearing here on the Picture It podcast, I'd ask for you to do a girl a solid. Go ahead and hit the subscribe button up there. 
Go ahead and turn on your notifications. That way you'll be the first to know when a new episode drops. If you would like to connect with me to say hi, to give me some topic ideas, or to come on as a guest speaker, please do. You can connect with me on Facebook or on Instagram at jwilsonpix. That's J-W-I-L-S-O-N-P-I-X. 